Hey guys, it's Scott from fxmissions.com. Just a note, I've finished the trilogy of anthologies from the forefront, and all three books are currently available on Amazon. Welcome to From the Forefront, an FX Missions podcast. Stories about courageous souls who felt the call of missions and obeyed. Hi, Scott McClellan with FX Missions, and we're on location. Where are we at? Nicaragua. Nicaragua. San Nicaragua. Okay, I don't really know that song. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm here with uh, three people who are half my age and three times my IQ. <laughs> Or something like that. Anyway, <laughs> we're, we are on location at Intensivo de Liderazgo in Nicaragua 2018. And we've cornered up some ladies to talk to us about the future of missions and other stuff like that. They're from the emerging generation. I don't know. What do you guys call yourselves? Generationally wise? I think we're genera- Generation X, aren't we? Or Y. Why? Millennials. I don't know if we're millennials. We don't know what we are. They're very young compared <laughs> to me. Let's just put it that way. You we'll can judge by the millennials we are. Okay, so you were born around the turn of the millennium. Yeah. Yes. Around the yes. turn yes. of the millennium. Yes. Okay, yes. so you're all. We are. We won't ask your exact age. I know that sometimes that's not cool. But anyway, <laughs> here we are. And so we have three of these ladies, and I'm, I'm so outnumbered right now uh, in every way. Let me know if I need to run. Okay. <laughs> so why don't you individually introduce yourselves, tell us your name and what you're up to, where you're from, and just a few things about you, and we can do that one by one. Well, my name's Angie, and I will say my age. I'm 22 years old. I am from Nicaragua, but my parents are Mexican, so I'm like half Mexican too. Okay. So yeah, I've lived all my life in Nicaragua, and currently I am an English teacher. I'm about to become like a full-time teacher. Okay. You can say it for preschoolers. So yeah, that's me. Awesome. Welcome, Angie. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Okay. My name is Amanda. I am 20 years old. Okay. Uh, Right now I am involved in uh, in college. Okay. And this semester I will finish my first year. I'm studying political science. Because I believe that God called me to be part of politics and be a woman of change. Mm. So right now, that's why uh, that's what I'm doing right now, oh, preparing great. myself to get involved in politics. And you're also from? I'm from Hinotega. The Hinotega. North Where is Hinotega? Nicar- the north, the mountains of Nicaragua. Okay. Yes. I know Hinotega, but I'm just. I'm just I love. I love the weather. Know. The weather. Oh, is it's perfect. so nice there. So nice there. Okay, and my name is Sarah. I Hi, am... Sarah. <laughs> Hello. Welcome. My name is, I mean, I don't know my name. <laughs> <laughs> my I'm name 20 years old. 20, okay. I am from Louisiana. I moved down here recently in January, beginning of January, to okay. teach a bilingual class with Angie. Okay. I have been doing missions all my life because my parents are missionaries, so... It's not the first time I've been out of the country, but it's the first time I've been living out here. So, okay. It's a good experience. Cool, cool. Well, that's cool. Hey, just a question about Louisiana. Okay. Can your mom cook a gumbo? The best one. Uh, I need to be <laughs> chicken and sausage. What does she go for? 
everything but okra. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I don't like <laughs> Not okra, okra in my gumbo. It's really good. She makes the best, I think. Okay. Gumbo is like this special food from Louisiana, and it is wonderful. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes, yes. Well, we didn't kind of talk about gumbo, but it does make me hungry. So <laughs> I don't hear about gumbo. Thank you guys for being here. Just want to take some minutes here as we we're talking a little bit earlier about maybe the perspective of what is a missionary, what does missions look like? How does that compare to the way missions were before? I know maybe each of you have exposure. All of you have come yes. from missionary exposure and involvement and you know for old guys like me who are trying to stay current <laughs> we want to know like what are people thinking and how are they seeing things and how are things changing and how should they change not to disrespect the generations who've come before us but what do we feel like god's calling us to do or you know how might that be different than what we have seen others do historically yes does that make any sense yes yes, yes it does it does I'm going to try to be quick. Sometimes I'm long. I take a long time. But, well, basically missions for me is, well, a person that's on a mission. That person has a special assignment. That's if we were to look at the word just from a worldly and general perspective. Uh -huh. I also think that with Christians, it's the same thing. I mean, we're on a mission, but I think that the main mission is to preach the gospel of Christ. I always remember as a child to have this verse on my mind. I think it's Mark 16, 15 or 15, 16 mm -hmm. that says to go to all the world and preach the gospel. Mm -hmm. And I remember having that very clear in my mind. Well, the first reason was because my parents were basically doing it. Mm -hmm. And the second reason was because I just felt that conviction from God to do it. But I remember always thinking, no, that's not. That's not something that I want to do. And I always was, I was always holding on to that idea of even if you're a pastor's kid, you're not supposed to do the same thing your parents do. And I was always thinking, that's not something that I'm going to do. I'm just going to be like everybody else. Mm -hmm. But of course that changed. And it's obvious because I'm here and I'm talking about this. And well, I really, really do think that the way that we do missions has changed I wish I could say a lot more because of experience, but I'm just going to say what I think um, and according to what I've seen. Mm -hmm. So I've always had this perspective on missions that it's that you leave your family behind and you are clear of the fact that you may not see them again or you may not see them as often and you move to another country and you preach the gospel. And basically what you do is that you're involved in a church according to what your calling is and you function in that church in that way. But lately my perspective has been changing a little, not in the sense that I think we're not called to do that because I know we are, but uh, the world is changing a lot and it's not as easy to go um, and move to another country like it used to be in the past. It's easier to travel. That's a fact, yeah. but we can't just say, oh, I'm just going to move to Canada tomorrow and then do it yeah. because there's like more loss and protection. And so what I believe is that you have to go into a place and have a, a mission, have a goal that will somehow benefit the country and then preach the gospel alongside. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I'm still working on. But I think 
my friends have more to say. <laughs> hey, one question before you pass it off. You've been on some short-term trips. I have. Yeah, so, and you, you've been to a few countries. Yes. Any, any you want to mention or oh, anything that comes to mind when we talk about that? Well, all of my missions trips have been very... I, I've gone to different churches and seen okay. um, how church is done there. And I have seen the difference, like, in comparison to what we do here. Right. I think the last mission trip that I went on was um, the the most interesting one because it wasn't actually a mission trip, but it was more like an exploration trip. And what we did is that we went to a place in the east. Okay. <laughs> and um, we got the chance to kind of see just how life is in general and uh -huh. get an idea of what we could do and how we could go about either doing short-term <coughs> missions or long-term. But definitely one of the things that I've encountered in all of this is that you can't really know or be completely prepared on how to do the work until you're there. Mm. You can prepare on certain things, for example, the language and mm. just in the way that you adapt to a place. But according to what you're supposed to do, you don't really know the need, the exact need until you're there. Yeah. So that's one of the things I've learned. If you want to do it in a good way, then you have to either speak to someone that knows about it or move there and get right. a better idea. Right, to get acquainted with the, with the idea. Yeah, with the problems, yeah. because you hear a lot on the news, Yeah, but it's never the same. Right. Yeah. Only yeah. the people that live there know what the real need is. Right. So. Wow. That's cool. Some of those countries, like you say, are closed now, and you are having trouble. You know, what, what used to be more of an open, go, do whatever, whenever, wherever. Yes. That's not like that No, anymore. it's not. And we're needing to be more strategic, too. I think what you're exactly. saying is uh, having a strategy to address the needs. Yes. You know, along with the gospel, right? Yes. So the gospel as a, maybe in these closed country environments, the gospel is coming at the individual level, at the one-on-one yes, one level, at the one-on-a-few level, and not mm -hmm. on like, hey, we're going to put up a steeple, yes. ring a bell every Sunday morning, <laughs> and see if we can get anybody to come down here besides yeah yeah and i think it's important that we never lose perspective like that we always know what the main goal is mm -hmm. whatever we do yeah you know? yeah so. very cool thank you very much thank you. amanda <laughs> you want to tell us anything about your experience with missions or your acquaintance i mean anything about like your perspective on missions and maybe what's brought you up to this point Actually, yes, I did. It was uh, like a year ago. Mm -hmm. I had the opportunity to go to El Salvador and did a, did a DTS. Okay. Discipline uh, training school. Mm -hmm. And it, it was mainly on working on your character. And it was really hard at the beginning because it was my first time living in the country uh -huh. where I didn't even know any single person there. But what gave me the ease in my heart is that I knew that they were Christian. Mm -hmm. and But the main thing is that because God sent me there. Yeah. And so there were like five months. By one of the mo uh, two months, they were um, for practice and, you know, going out and mm -hmm. preach and do uh, social service and a lot of things. Mm -hmm. So I had to travel with my uh, leader to Cuba, which was really interesting. First, I was afraid. 
Because, you know, I heard a lot of uh, things about you. Uh, be careful because the police are going to take you. Be careful that, you know, just. Yeah. And so I remember that when we uh, get at uh, the airport, even though I know I speak Spanish, their accent was different. It's like, I, I don't understand Spanish, but I do know Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, uh, we went to uh, the house that are going to say that. But like a lot of interesting things happened there. And so we, to the first church that we went to, uh -huh. I was praying and praying, saying, God, what do you want me to show about this place? What do you want me to, to do? To, how do you want me to speak to them? And so while I was praying, God showed me a vision. Mm. And it was about the church that it was all black, black, black. And then he showed, he showed me that prayer has like a big power. And he said, the more they pray, the more it was a green smoke that was coming out of the church. Mm. And then I said, God, what does it mean? And he said, it's because all the people are stop, uh, looking uh, and stop doing good things. And they're like trying to just, they think that just by going to church, right. they, they're doing good things, you know. Mm. And so I said, okay, God, keep like, you know, keep uh, talking to me. I want, want to understand like deeply. And he said the green smoke represents the, the scene. And mm -hmm. I'm really sad because my presence, like my presence cannot be there in that church, oh, even wow. though it's my church. Yeah. So it was really hard, but I needed to church at the church. Yeah. It was really difficult. I and was so like, you shared, you shared I this. shared with, and the pastor was there. <laughs> and oh, I, oh, oh, first I was like, God, I don't want to do it. Cause you know, maybe the pastor gonna feel offended or stuff. I said, well, I, I had to do it. So I did it. Wow. But the pastor, his reaction was like, okay, that's very interesting. Because today, my preaching was, about, uh, it was a Sunday morning. He's uh -huh. like, well, my preaching for today was uh, green smoke. It was like, wait, green? Yes, the green that you saw, but also a gray smoke. I was like, interesting. And he was like, I'm going to explain you what the gray smoke is. Uh -huh. wow. I say, well, he said, I saw the green smoke uh, coming out of the church. And then I saw the gray smoke. Mm -hmm. That it was the presence of God here. Oh, wow. And so there were two things connected. And uh, I was very, <laughs> like, so uh, surprised because God showed me something in a different country. Yeah. And after that experience, I spent a whole month there. My worldview about missions changed. Uh I thought that mission was like, oh, yeah, he comes from a different country. He's a missionary. Right. He comes from, he's a missionary. <laughs> That's a missionary, you know? Right. But now, like, now that I'm 20, <laughs> that I have, like, read a lot of the Bible and heard a lot of experiences, I think that we all have uh, the commitment to go and preach. Mm -hmm. But I think that, for me, there are different types of missionaries, 24-7. Mm -hmm. Right. When a call, uh, God called you to be a missionary, mm -hmm. and there also that you can be a missionary in your work field or okay. in just uh, in <laughs> school or whatever you are at. Right. And so for me, it was really difficult because I knew that God called me to go to a college, get prepared, and go to politics. Right. But people, like even Christian people, were like, "Are you sure that God's the one speaking to you? <laughs> are you sure that you want to do missions like that in politics? Why right. don't you stay like twenty four seven like like us?" I'm like, God doesn't want me that, you know. Yeah. I know that I have to go and preach, but right. one of the preaching has to be my testimony, right? You know, right. And so I said, well, at the beginning, I was really frustrated. I said, God, what's going on here? People are telling me to stay, but I know what you uh, you told me to do. 
So I, I decided, you know what? I'm going to do missions, but the way that God wants me to do. Yeah. And so now, like, thinking about, like, even though money, like, the first thing, I, I, like, for me, that talk about missions, it's mm -hmm. money. Do I really have money? Or what do I have in my budget? You know? <laughs> so, because the first thing, okay, how much does it cost? Yeah. And so I think that when God is the one who's calling you to do it, He's going to provide. Yes. I'm a hundred percent sure of this. And yeah. I, I experienced it. And when I was like traveling to to El Salvador to do my school, it was six hundred dollars, which it did have zero. <laughs> so okay, God, how am I going to do this? Uh, I only have a week left. What can I do? Yeah. And then I said, God, will you send me an airplane that I can go? You know, I provide me to get an airplane and to be comfortable. <laughs> and so praying and praying, and you know what? In one week, He provide. Uh, someone else paid my uh, plane ticket. Wow! And it was uncomfortable. And then the, I had he to even work. answered the comfortable part. I know. <laughs> he knows what ladies like. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. yes, he knows me. <laughs> <laughs> and so also, I only had five hundred dollars. Uh -huh. I knew only a hundred left. So I was like, God, what can I do? You know, you just show me something. So I remember one day I was on my bed nothing and so a friend called no. me <laughs> and so a friend called me Amanda what are you doing right now I'm like just laying under my bed <laughs> Amanda get up you have to work I'm like what do you mean yes I got a, a job for you a team is here and they they want to hire you and I said uh-huh for two days you're gonna get paid a hundred dollars wow. I was like okay then I'm gonna get ready and go <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah nothing. and so i met the team it was really and it wasn't like a difficult uh job it was just you know to get to know them and uh -huh. translate for a few churches but it was something that got showed me that when god calls you to mission it's not necessary that he's going to provide like okay here's the money right. he showed me that i have to work as well right and then he showed me to appreciate the money because a lot of times when people just give you things it's yeah. not that like you don't appreciate it very right. well. Oh, someone else pay it, you know. But when you actually, you know, <coughs> earn the money, it's like, <coughs> I better take care of my yeah. money. You haven't yourself invested in that. Oh, right? yes. For sure. But yeah, I've seen God in missions really, really deep. And also my other concept as a young girl is that we need to be sure that God is the one who's calling us to do missions because, yeah. um, <coughs> like I was, as I was saying earlier, I can get in missions and say right. that God told me to do missions, you know, right. and say, okay, well, I'm going to be a missionary now 24 seven when God, he didn't say anything about, you know, why you right. getting involved in missions. So, right. because yeah. a lot of people, they get involved in missions because they don't want to do what God have been called uh, to do, you know, and say, okay, go there, go uh, as like Jonas did. Jonah. Jonah, like Jonah did. I'm going to try to escape from God and do something else. Mm -hmm. Because I was like, no, 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 you don't belong there. You come here. Right. And right. so I'm I'm saying this because I've asked, I like to ask a lot of questions to people, to missionaries and to different types of people. And they say, yes. You know, and one there was, I remember one girl who shared this. And she's like, I'm going to show you something. I'm involved in missions because I don't know what to do with my life. And I say, really? I was like, the first time I heard this. And she was crying and she said, yeah. Well, it's just, I'm afraid because I'm already, I think she was like 23 or 24. I'm afraid that uh, I will never find a purpose in my life. 
So I just decided to get involved in missions and, you know, try to find my place in Earth. And I was really surprising because I was really surprising because I was like, wait, I thought that God was the one who brought you here. No, he, he, he didn't. I don't even know what to do. So that day, it changed everything. So I know that who's the one who's coming into missions, right. you know, yeah. and what type of missions. <coughs> yeah. And so as I was saying before, God called me to do missions <coughs> in politics. Right. So there That's are different. Cool. Yeah, I feel so you can do missions as right. well. Well, you're being led, right? And I think what you're saying is no matter if you do this or you do that or you do the other things, it's important that you be led by God. Into yes. It, right. Even if and I want to say to you, even if it seems a little bit unusual to them. That if you feel that's God's leading you and you and you are following him in that way, you should take courage because, you know, David was in politics, right? He was a king. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, and he was Esther. A, he, and Esther. Esther, you know, so many were yeah. <clears throat> many spheres in the scripture, you know, that God wanted to bring influence to. Yeah. And that's what you're saying. So mm -hmm. thank you for that, Amanda. You're welcome. Yes. Really? I really appreciate it. You're welcome. I know you've had a lot of experiences and exposure to folks, and I, I think that's that's important. We're going to shift gears here a little <laughs> bit, and now we're getting to talk about gumbo. No, <laughs> Sarah, what would you like to say about missions or your perspective? Of course, you you come from a family, yeah. missions background. Mm -hmm. You yourself have been around a bit, and now you're for the first time. At living. 20, yeah, right? 20. Living living on the field. Mm -hmm. I wish there were more 20-year-old guys on the field. That's what I wish. Mm. That's <laughs> what everybody wishes. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. But we're not maybe. desperate. <laughs> no, we're not. No, but... Oh, I didn't think so. I didn't think so. Even though your parents married early. Like, like I did. Don't worry about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Forget that. So... <laughs> What can you tell us about your perspective on missions? Where Where is it going from your viewpoint? What do you see? How, how's that going to unfold? How's it going to change? Uh, are you talking about for me? I'm talking about whatever you want to say about it I and mean, how you feel. About I it. think just with missions, like they were saying, like missions is changing a lot today. And just like the word in general, missionary has a different meaning than what it used to be. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times younger generations think there there has to be qualifications to be a missionary yeah and there's not right god can use anyone to do mm -hmm. anything and i think a lot of younger generations think that oh okay you know like i need to be this super spiritual preacher to go and over there and just touch everybody and heal everybody but it's like no no to be a missionary you can just go to a different country like me where you know, serving God and being a blessing to those around you. And right now I'm on the mission field and I'm a teacher, you know. Mm -hmm. So it, it's kind of different than, you know, coming on a mission trip maybe for a week or yeah. going out and, you know, going door to door maybe to right. talk to some people, some neighbors about Jesus and saying a little something or a testimony and then praying with them and then leaving. It's different now because you don't have to just be you don't have to be older you can be younger we're 20 22 and we've been traveling we can we've been doing things that a lot of people think they need to be you know 50 or, you know older to 
have money and do things yeah. like that. Yeah. But I think that the only qualification you need is trust in God and having him so a part of your life that you have enough to tell someone else about. Right. Yeah. Growing up on the mission field, like I've always traveled to other countries and it's given me really a heart to be grateful for that because it gives me an experience that, you know, most people don't have. It's given me like a view of missionaries as, you know, something that's really good and can change depending on where you are. So I think that just saying like qualifications, you don't need any. God's going to take care of what you need in order to go. Wow. And I think a lot of people are called, but are too scared to go because they feel like they're not enough. They're not worthy or physical things like money. You know, they don't have enough. Yeah. But I think that a lot of people need to just... Obey. I guess, yeah, obey and right. and know that you trust in God is going to take you where he needs to go because he's not going to lead you somewhere where he's not going to protect you or yeah. take care or of you. Or provide or whatever. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I, I, you know, I was 27 before I really realized a, a personal missions calling. And the way it, the way it came to me, and I, I the first time I went on a mission trip, I was 17. So yeah. it was mm-hmm. 10 years later, later. that I realized there was something for me to do in missions. And it didn't occur to me personally. A guy came up to me and said something like, hey, I see something about missions for you. And I'm going, really? You know, I just, <laughs> I, I was, I wasn't ignoring the guy, but I was kind of caught off guard. You know, I just didn't yeah. expect him to say that. I never seen yeah. the guy. Yeah. I didn't know him. Uh, and then it was seven more years before I actually got involved in missions from that mm-hmm. time. But the guy planted a seed in me. And after I got out and made a few rotations, right, in, in that space, I realized, you know, I've had a missions calling inside this whole time. Yeah. And I w- didn't have a good way to discover it. You know, I didn't have a good way to find out or confirm it. Mm-hmm. Of course, after I started going, there were some immediate confirmations and, and important things that fell into place. But that's one thing I want to do. And I want to encourage you, you ladies. I mean, you got a lot of your life in front of you. I've got a lot of my life in front of me, but some of it is behind me already. We have more. Yeah, yeah, you have more. Wow. Much okay. more, much wow. more, I hope. That's my that's my hope. Just being sensitive to the leadership of the Lord, whether that's politics or a closed country or teaching in a foreign country or whatever it is, just be sensitive to that leadership, and, and the Lord will make a way. He'll show you the way. You know, I want to just encourage you all that, that – you know, you have a valid contribution. God's put it in you, and He's cultivating that. He, mm-hmm. He's putting in you something of a seed, and then He's growing. He's nourishing that. Right. And so, what you're doing in missions now, and even your understanding of missions, as you obey, will grow. A lot of times, we want the understanding before we decide to act, right? But yes. most of the time, understanding happens as a result of acting, mm-hmm. or even yeah, after. Exactly. That's true. So, I'm proud of you, ladies. I, I thank you for jumping in here with me. And, having this conversation. If we want to catch up again downrange for gumbo or, you know, <laughs> yes. or something Actually. like that, we can do it. <laughs> yes. But yeah, no, thanks be for being, being here and for sharing with me. Is there anything else you want to say before we 
before we conclude? Is there something else that somebody feels like impressed about right now? Kind of. I think I could share I got, something. Will everybody? <laughs> share something. So this is the two-minute warning. Okay. 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 And I'll be lucky if I get two minutes out of each of you. you, know, you can tell you is it really the six-minute warning? Or is it two minutes? I don't know. Let's okay, two-minute warning. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I do want to say, like, going off of what you were saying, that... That guy. <laughs> the car. We're trying to record here. Um, <laughs> that a lot of people are scared to go on the missions field because it's out of the norm and out of the routine of what they're used to. Mm-hmm. And of course, yeah, you're, if you're called to the missions, of course, it's going to be something different. It's a different country, different things that they do that you don't do. But I think the Lord's growth in you comes out the most when you're out of your comfort zone. You can't grow and be and have an overflow of blessings when you have, you're in the same position, saying, doing the same things, doing the same routines. And you don't experience other people's other people's stories, other people's cultures. Mm-hmm. I just want to encourage like people to not be afraid to get out of your comfort zone and out of routine because mm-hmm. the Lord will grow you wow. in something that's not comfortable for you. Right. So very cool. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. Well, that, Sarah. That, that was do you want to go first? Quite a punch. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Ending punch. That was a I so, felt punched. Yes. <laughs> In a good way. Yes. Yes, Amanda. Also, I think if you're going to a mission field, you also need to be part of the, like, let's say God is willing to do 50%, but you also have to do it all the 50% because they're there, like, I heard people say, I want to get involved in missions, but I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Ask God, you know, I, like, like, uh, internet or ask people, contact them, you know, try to get more involved in there. Because there, I I say, well, why shouldn't you just go ahead and talk with this person? It's just I don't know what you know. I don't know right. what to say. It's it's okay. You share like what uh, your feelings are right now, and I think that um, as Sarah was saying, that you need to get out of your comfort zone. Mm. Yeah. That doesn't mean that means that it's not going to be easy, right? right? But it's gonna be worth it. Yeah. And it's not about me. It's not about God. How can I serve you? You know, mm-hmm. because if I think about me, that I'm like, I'm just going to stay home and do what I like to do. In your room. Yes, in my room. <laughs> On your yeah. bed. Watching Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think that we need to be open mm-hmm. and we need to and have a different worldview. Mm-hmm. And something I think it was yesterday, two days ago, that if you think that your culture is superior to the country mm-hmm. that you're going, you yeah. you won't be able to serve. Wow. That's true. Because so true. I think sometimes that mm-hmm. I see like even sometimes I do the same. Oh, well, my country is better than yours, you know, mm-hmm. and always comparing things now. I just wow. be open and say, how can I serve you? Yes. How can I learn from your country? Yeah. And so what I, what things from my country can help you? Wow. Yeah. And so I Very think cool. yes. I think also not to be stuck in in a box and say, okay, this is what I believe. This is the correct thing. This is right. how I do it. No, just what can yeah. I do? What thing like new things I can do now? Right. You know. And so I think yeah, just be open to whatever and be open to hug other people to tell them like I love you. To serve them, to love them, just to show them who God really is. Because we are the, the part and we are also the creation of God. And when I go to another person, I say, God exists. 
because God is using me. He said, right. hey, God is using me. He can do it with you. We can share a testimony. And so, here, here's my testimony. So God can still do, you know, he can do miracles in your life. Wow. And so just... Yeah. So you're saying be adventurous. Yes. Step out. Yeah. Do some discovery. Oh, yeah. Be then be ready, to, then be ready <laughs> to embrace other cultures in a yes. way that doesn't express self-superiority. Yes. Very good stuff, Amanda. You you hit me, too. I wasn't going to say it. Okay. Well, um, Angie's going to, you know, she's going to tie it all up and put a bow on it, I'm guessing. Uh -oh. <laughs> That's what I hope. <laughs> no, well, um. A lot of things come to mind, but according to my recent experience, I believe that we're called to be faithful in the little things. And I think that most of us are called to go into the missions field. I don't know if that means actually going to another country or mm. just being missionaries in our own country. Right. Yeah. 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 But we have to be faithful in the little things because mm -hmm. as Amanda was saying, sometimes we're just expecting for God to do everything. Mm -hmm. But God wants to see if he can trust us in where we are, in our home, with our own people. Because what's the point of being this perfect person in another country when you're yeah. not right, uh, right, and right. you are not showing Christ where right. you are? Not being a good example where and you are. And one of the right. things that I encourage, like, whoever's listening to this is that <laughs> mm -hmm. you continue to grow in the Lord and you continue to love him and ask him to show you him uh, sorry, show you his love mm -hmm. because at the end that's the whole point of missions that's the whole yeah. point of going into the whole world to actually preach the gospel to actually share Christ in a practical way mm -hmm. and then I think just to finish um, also to missions there's a lot of minor details that we have to be thinking of. For example, getting our passport. Start taking those steps that will actually make us people that are available to go. Because we can say, yeah, Lord, I'm going to go. But as Amanda's saying, maybe I'm just in my room doing nothing. Mm -hmm. So we yeah. have to be practical and yeah. we have to start doing those, like taking those tiny steps, baby those steps. baby steps that will show God, hey, I'm here. Mm -hmm. Whenever it's your time. And wherever you want me to go and whatever you want me to do, please allow me to do it. And so I just think that we are to go and really, really be sensitive to God wow. for what he wants us to do. Very cool. And I really appreciate you saying that about the practical steps. Because, <laughs> you know, I, I remember having conversation with young people. I was, you know, involved in a mission school for some years. And, you know, people would be happy to sit down and describe this calling they had to you yeah. know like yeah way over here way over there but when we got down to like oh so you have your passport <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah. a lot of times with missions people romanticize yes the calling right mm -hmm. you know it's just like i feel gratified by the fact that i have a calling yes. i'm not gonna you know, i'm not really gonna obey it but i feel you know like i feel like my personal self-concept is improved mm -hmm. or made yes. like substantial yes. because I have a calling and no, I don't have a passport, but I'm going to get around to it. what you're saying is like super important. And I'm really glad you said it mm -hmm. because that is, there's such value in that coming from you mm -hmm. at your stage in life, at, at your steps that you're taking. Mm -hmm. It's very important. And for yes. an old man to say that, it doesn't <laughs> have as much weight. <laughs> so, yeah. 
Thank you, ladies, very much for being with us. It's an honor. Thank you. I'll I'll get some information to you about the link where you can share this with, you know, your. Oh, perfect. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, And I'll try to catch up with you later, maybe individually or or, or as a group. Thanks for thanks for joining. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Catch you you. down range. This podcast made possible through the partnership of Engaging Mission Show, bringing missions home, and encouraging you to hear a message, make connections, and take action. Find out more at engagingmissions.com. Thanks for joining us for the Ethics Missions podcast from the forefront. If you'd like to find out more about Ethics Missions, please do so at our blog, fxmissions.com. Quite a bit of content out there. We hope you enjoy it. Also, if you'd like to rate us on iTunes or whatever podcast service you use, we would really appreciate it. And find out more about today's guest at our Facebook page. Just search for From the Forefront on Facebook. If you know of someone who should be featured on From the Forefront because of their Forefront missions experience or exploits please reach out to us at info at fxmissions.com thanks again for joining us and until next time i'm scott mcclelland and you have a good one